Hello everybody, this is Captain Katz. And we are Katz. Alright, and welcome back to the show. So this week we are going to be talking about a show that a lot of people didn't think it would still be popular 30 years ago. And that it would, people will still be talking about it for the next 30 years. And we are talking about Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. Yes, the boys of MTV. When, the real MTV. Music when, television. Yes, when MTV was MTV. Um, so we're just going to get to the nitty gritty with it. Uh, first and foremost, the show was created by Mike Judd, who went to your alma mater, UCSD. Yes, yes, he did. And uh, during that time at UCSD, not only he made the concept of Beavis at Butthead, but he also had made up the concept of King of the Hill at the time, which has, which uh, fun fact has no relations. Is not even considered a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. It was his own. In, if it was, it was his own different thing. The only connection that Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill has was Hank Hill, but. Originally, Hank Hill wasn't called Hank Hill in Beavis and Butthead. He was his own different person. Oh, Mr. Anderson. Yes. (laughs) But the thing was, he took the Mr. Anderson character and gave him a full background and stuff like that. And thus, the character Hank Hill came to be and was made in King of the Hill. That's the only connection to it. Well, there is another connection. Beavis and Butthead was set up in uh, Highland, Texas. Yeah. Fake town. And uh, King of the Hill was, is is based in Arland, Texas, which is another made-up town. Yeah. But they're in Texas. And, yeah, they're in Texas. And also um, the official spinoff series of Beavis and Butthead, Daria, was in Lawndale High, Texas, which was also a fake town. And yes, Daria is the official spinoff series of Beavis and Butthead. Uh, we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is the funny little, t- the first topic of, of, of debate about Beavis and Butthead is the si- the si- uh, se- uh, the series was liquid television. Ugh. If you guys are as old as we are, you would totally remember Liquid Television. Yes. Um, long story short, Liquid Television was uh, a late night adult animated uh, theme before everybody decided to jump on the bandwagon with adult animated things of today. Uh, this was this was basically Adult Swim before Adult Swim ever existed. Um, they would show it once a week, late night, on MTV. For about a good half an hour. And they would show a lot of very interesting but also influential uh, adult animated themes. Uh, Case in point, Beavis and Butthead. But also another series which um, was basically the prototype to the modern day adult animated uh, series. Neon Flux. Aeon Flux. Flux. Yes, Aeon Flux. And also was... um, a lot of uh, short animated uh, films from Japan that also played a lot of uh, influences to modern day uh, animation anime today, but mostly in the realm of cyberpunk and also um, science fiction. Mm-hmm. And as usual, they'd show um, 
Well, just to give you an idea of what uh, we're talking about, first I'll do the first episode of uh, of Liquid Television where Hattie on Flux, mm-hmm. and then I'll show you when um, what was going on with 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 their, I guess you could say their debut. Yes, but it's considered a pilot, but technically that's when they first showed up, which mm-hmm. marks it makes it thirty years. Mm-hmm. So, so the first episode of Liquid Television, June the second, nineteen ninety one. Wow. Yes, and here's was the whole lineup. The opening was Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. Which was... The music video. No, no, no. Yeah, but um, Robert Palmer was uh, a pioneer. A pioneer for adult animation. Uh, no, he was a singer. Addicted to Love. Oh, was it? I thought it was the animator. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Robert Palmer, yeah, he was all right. <laughs> No, but there was another. There was another. Well, well um, I'm getting on the list. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a soul proper, a, a steamy scene, mm-hmm. buzz box. Yeah. Gritting evil death. Mm-hmm. The first episode of Eon Flux. Mm-hmm. Invisible hands by Richard Sala. Yeah. Leia press on limbs. Oh, I remember that one. Stick figure theater. John <laughs> Wayne in Angel and the Bad Man. <laughs> uh, Miss Lydia's makeover to the stars. Shannon O'Connor. Oh, oh, I remember. Okay, um, that one was very controversial because um, this was after that, nothing compares to you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. But the thing that was controversial was because um, they brought up some, let's just say, some uh, historical stuff that still to this day. Let, 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 let's just say a lot of Irish people would still to this day pick a fight about. Mm. Uh, the Art School Girls of Doom, drummer. <laughs> and if and it ended with uh, Psychogram Serum, serialized throughout the episode. Yes. So that was, you know, that was Liquid, you know, the first episode of Liquid uh, Television, which had Aeon Flux. Yeah. So I'm going through the list and <sighs> memories, including like, you know, the B-52's Love Shack. You know, they had you know, music videos. Okay. Season 2. September 24th, 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll just say the whole line. Uh, the opening was Uncle Louis' Uncle Louis Travels by Drew uh, Friedman. Mm-hmm. Serialized throughout the episode. Aeon Flux, the episode Gravity. Mm-hmm. The Adventures of Thomas and Nardo. Why is that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. And then number four, the debut of Beavis and Butthead in their classic, Frog Baseball. Yes, and as the name implies, it's the boys playing baseball with frogs. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Uh, then we have the specialists, uh, Winter Steel, Soft Heart, Soft Heart, Hard Alcohol, mm-hmm. Stick Figure Theater, Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just. <laughs> oh God, I know I I can I remember that completely. Oh my God, it's like if you're a horror fan and you want to see something that's like beyond cheesy, like like B flick beyond cheesy. Watch it. You you you'll do yourself. You're doing yourself a huge favor if you do watch it. It's hilarious. And it ended with uh, Dog Boy by Charles Burns. Yes. And the funny part is the episode after that, um, well, I guess uh, episode eight or whatever, se- episode two of the season two, 
it, uh, number six on the the list mm-hmm. um, was the very ori- you know the original true version Office Space by Mike Judge. Yes. Um, before we get back to with the boys, yeah. Um, this episode laid the foundation to what the movie Office Space was about. Um, and a funny thing about that was this was at a time where Mike Judd was being a pencil pusher. And so he was seeing what it was life was like being one, you know, being a desk jockey. And that's where he got the idea of doing that. And lo and behold, it ended up being, you know, a, a, a cult classic film. Which is still relatable to this day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second time Beavis and Butthead showed up was uh, the November 19th, 19th 1992 episode. Uh, where, it ha- where, where I guess it was called Peace, Love, and Understanding. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Liquid, te- liquid Television um, laid the foundation for Mike Judd. He got to experiment with, uh, with the boys, but also with uh, Office Space. And we all know how Office Space ended up being this crazy phenomenon called Classic. But uh, little, did he, little did he know that MTV liked what they saw with, with Beavis and Butthead and just came knocking his door and says, Hey, can you make a TV series about these two? And thus, Beavis and Butthead was greenlit. And um, the debate with uh, fans, and it hasn't been cleared up by Judd, but those two episodes were considered to be season one or just a prequel to what Beavis and Butthead was going to end up being. Well, they're considered pilots, but yeah, that just shows that they're technically 31 years. Yeah. But the, the de facto, you know, first episode um, was, uh, or the uh, started on uh, Mar- March 8th, mm-hmm. 19, uh, 1993. Right. And, uh, and the rest you can say was history. Yeah, it was just the first season. It was only three episodes. But then uh, starting on May 17th, 1993, so they only had, so they just did three episodes in March. From March 8th to March 25th. Mm-hmm. And then season two, they went from starting with three simple episodes to 26. Like a full series. Yeah. Well, because they wanted this, because uh, the rumor was, and like I said, hasn't been clarified. They only greenlit it for three episodes just to test, just, just to test market it to see what, if people would like it or not. Lo and behold, people did like it and, and supposedly uh Judd had these episodes ready just in case. And he was smart enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they had a bunch of classic uh classic uh bits and episodes, you know, the the, the famous or rather infamous uh, you know, watching the dog, watching the dog, <laughs> drawing the dog, drawing the dog. That and you know, there was a lot of memorable characters and stuff like that. And um, before we get into that, even with the success of Beavis and Butthead, came a lot of controversy with it. Oh, yeah. 
uh, Carl Sagan was uh, equating Beavis and Butthead to his uh, famous uh, little thing that they did on NBC. Hmm. He is right, but you know, he at the time it was I guess he was referring to Beavis and Butthead, but he was right that we are getting you know that we are going downhill. Right. He, he predicted it. But at the time, he was using a bit of that f- famous thing he, you know, that um, Brian Williams said on NBC, um, like the decline of our world or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, he was actually using Beavis and Butt as a part of that reference. Yeah. So he was saying that what these guys were doing is simply dumbing us down. Right. But... Despite the fact that, you know, Beavis and Butt has said, he is right. Yeah. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, okay. No, no, no. I'll give him credit for that, but if you see it through through Judd's point of view, which he did argue against, he stated that Beavis and Butthead is just basically his response to what the norm was then and what the norm will be now. And the and the boys was just a representation of what society or his point of view of what society is going to be like. Yeah, they were heroes against political correctness. Right. Uh, against, like, you know, this... What was going on back then? Um, okay, so 1993, this was... Okay, hold on. So, 93... Ah, okay. Anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was in president at the time? Um, Bush was coming out, so Clinton came in. Right. Um, uh, the LA riots were... Well, that that was in 92. Yeah, so it was right after the LA riots. So... so they were just showing that, you know... Basically, the ten- the, the, the country was in, it was in the all- tension level was like an all-time high during that time. And, mm-hmm. um... I remember both the house... Oh, yeah! Obscene, a so-called obscene music with Trevor Gore... Oh yes. So they're just making the fun, making fun of it. That well, well what about you? You know, mm-hmm. you had your music. You no, know, this is our music. You know, right? You right, can right. join us, or you're dumb. Right. And then they somehow show that you know the the people that are against the the so called obscenities of music. You know, they're the dumb ones. Right. And it was and it was right. Um, I forgot who was the band that succeeded. What was it? Um, Twisted Sister. No, I think it was Sebastian Bach. Oh, right. no, that was because that was when they invented the parental advisory thing yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On, his, on his album, and uh, you know it wasn't it was all right, uh-huh. but the fact that you know they considered his music obscene and they put that bumped him sky high, and he's like, <laughs> "Thank you, Trevor Gore." Yeah. So that so maybe somebody was just making fun of fun of uh you know the power you know the this powers that be like that like you know like well the establishment the powers that be um uh what is it uh oh the stereotypical popularity contest at the time which is still is around <laughs> to this day yeah um the trends trends yeah trends uh FOMO. Oh, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're like they were way ahead of the time of making fun of that, and um, also um, just basically just the, they're a perfect time relic of what the attitude was back in the early nineties. 
You know, we yeah. just and a great emerging fusion, a great emerging future with a lot of very good innovations. But at the same time, they were critiquing the progress of what is what's what was really going on, and with an attitude of, eh. Well, they weren't. Uh, you know, no, no, no. Classically, uh, they would say this sucks. Yeah, just eh. It was just like, you know. Yeah, all yeah, we can do all this, but do I really feel like I want to do this? You know, they were like uh, basically, you know, going against like the Bohemians and and uh, the Yes Men pencil pushers at the time and stuff like that. Yeah. So and uh, most famously, they critiqued music videos. Uh, yes. Um, the beauty of Beavis and Butthead was they had a segment. Which became famous, and a lot of people, like a lot after Beavis and Butthead, try to copy, try to emulate, can never beat the original to the point where they just stopped because there was no way you can top what the boys did. I mean, come on. I mean, they, I mean, you know, the the fad today, you know, people on YouTube reacting to music videos and all that stuff. These guys did it first. Yeah. But but they had genuine criticism. Of course. They'll tell you straight up if something kicks ass, like uh, Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, Faith No More. Uh, a lot of a lot of good classic music music videos. Um, but unfortunately, they can also break careers. And one famous band, Winger, <laughs> um, all because of that character, Stuart. Yes. Their so-called friend. And he had a Winger shirt. And um, somehow... He was the butt of all jokes. And because he had a Winger... And because he had a Winger shirt, Winger became the butt of all jokes. Right. So, even with that, like, a good example would be in one episode, uh, he wanted to hang out with Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead said, sure, they go to his house. You know, there was a couch. There was enough for all three of them to sit there. Instead, you had Stuart sitting on a floor, and Beavis and Butthead was on the couch. And then they were watching, like, some horror crap. And then his Stewart's mom was like, "Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you watching?" And then they're like, "And Beavis and Butthead are like, Can you get the hell out of the way. We're trying to watch this." Okay? <laughs> yeah. So and don't mind that, folks. It was just a peanut gallery. Um, and because he had a winger shirt, um, people were starting to see that. People were starting to get the feeling that, well, if these guys think that winger sucks because this guy sucks, you know what? Winger sucks. Yeah, and, they had a, and they had an album coming up that was going to be big, um, but unfortunately, um, due to due to kind of the changing of the times, I mean, they they could have still got away with it, but because of that association, mm-hmm. um, Winger uh, Winger 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 so, for, suffered very bad to the point where I think they broke up or something right after. Uh, I don't know. Or called I mean, it a career? No, 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 no. They came back. It took a long time, but they came back. Mm-hmm. And he wanted a dialogue with Mike Judge, and Mike Judge was like, "I didn't know I did that." <laughs> you know, like I, you know, yeah, I, I will, you know, 
I if I did anything wrong to you, I apologize. I, I just didn't realize what you know what I was you know what was going on. And so he's like, well, the least you can do is put me in one of your cartoons, so I could you know we could kind of straighten it out, you know? Right. Did he? Um, I guess. Well, they, I, I want to say yeah. I don't know, but other than that, they officially buried the hatchet. A one-sided hatchet. Judd didn't know. And yeah, one thing or another. But that brings but that brings up another good point too, um, that the boys had a lot of controversy. Um, besides what happened with Winger and everything like that, um, how the way the boys had this influence to the male demographic at the time, and how the way they treated women. They they didn't treat women in the car, in the series as women. They just treated them as uh, glorified sex objects because um, they're budding pre- teenagers pre- and yeah, they're trying to score. Pretty much, yeah. To uh, phrase the boys, you know, we're going to try and score. But, of course, there was a lot of uh, controversy because, you know, since MTV was on cable and blah, 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 there's some... um, I'll just take one little uh, paragraph here. Uh, No, that's way too much. Well, just summarize it. Um, It was blamed for the death of a two-year-old because uh, her brother, uh, who was five years old, he set fire to his mother's mobile home with a cigarette lighter. And um, the mother claimed uh, the son watched the show in an episode and he said fire was fun. But um, the neighbors uh, stated that, uh, no, that's not true. They didn't even have cable TV. Because mm-hmm. at the time, he was, in, but it, was on, uh, it was on MTV and MTV was exclusively on cable. Um, okay. Yeah, but also too, like, you know, uh, not only that, like I said, catering to the male demographic at the time. And um, over sexual over over sexualizing the conquest of gang laid, which uh, a, a lot of feminist groups were angry at the time because they assumed that you know Mike Judd wasn't like what was it was he oh he was not thinking about the women dem- the the female demographic. Of this show, mm-hmm. so no that that was what was leading to, uh, um, well, it was because of the controversies that led up to its cancellation. But when it came back in uh, two thousand, okay, from ninety seven to two thousand eleven, and they were only there for twenty two episodes on on two thousand eleven, October to December, and the reason why they got canceled again. Um, according to my judge, was because of the modern demographic at the time. Right. Um, 12 to 14-year-old girls. And and also, um, I think it was, uh, to me, I think it's because also they were making fun of their product. Oh, yeah, during that time. You know, they had, you know, Teen, you know, teen Mom and some of the newer music videos. Yeah, they were kind of crapping on yeah. some. They, uh, uh, you know, they kind of liked a, a few other ones, but, but most of the TV... Program like Team Mob. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to remember too, because like, 
um, from the from their introduction in ninety three, well ninety two ninety three, to their first cancellation, MTV was at an all time high, and they and that was their num- one of their number one shows. Surprisingly, um, the the show that was close second to it was uh, Ren and Stimpy. No, not Ren and Stimpy on MTV. It was. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the good programs. Yes, good programs back then, like ah, Yo MTV no. Raps. No, Real World. <sighs> real World. Yes, when Real World was good. Good, truly Pretty real. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, and forgive me for saying this, but that they didn't give a fuck, especially with some of the controversies. Yeah. Um, that shit was truly real. Oh, yeah, it was a good show. It was really good back in the day. Um, yeah, real world, uh, and also, uh, well, MTV countdown, but yeah, like the closest show that was a close second to it was, you know, real world, um, from, like I said, from 92, 93 up to its first cancellation. Yeah, it was the show on MTV. And then once they came back from the second cancellation, from the first cancellation, um, at that time, things changed in MTV. A lot of the old guard left. New I'm sh- sorry. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the old guard left. Um, not just on, not just from the television presence, but also in the main office, in the higher ups. Uh, you had more. Uh, MTV is owned by Viacom. Yes. Uh, you had um, new interesting shows, uh, i.e. Daria. Came out, which was considered still to this day, uh, one of the smartest shows that was ever on MTV, and one of the smartest underrated shows that was ever written in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also created technically. Well, she was created by Mike Judge. He just gave his blessings, like okay, like who, like I forgot who created it. Well, created the series, but like yeah, if you want, you, you know, you can use my character. Fine, I'll give you my blessing. Yeah, well, because originally too, because at that time. When um, Dario was on MTV and Beavis and Butthead came back, he was focused on Beavis and Butthead. And also, King of the Hill was already in like its second or third season on Fox. And it became a crazy overnight success of a show. Mm-hmm. So there was no way he could juggle Beavis and Butthead, Daria, and King of the Hill all at the same time. Yeah, and it was interesting so, to note that Daria was probably their only friend. And probably only... Yeah, and, and and they're probably the only two that can kind of like make fun of her, but she can she can like, oh, you buttheads, whatever. Yeah, not, she, not like not like in, not like in her show where you know she can rip everybody. They're the only two that can rip her. Well, and I mean, and well, I, well, it, the running gag on that one was, Daria was like straight A student. Was it? No, 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 no. To be with some butthead, she considered them. "Quote unquote," her only friends, even though she talked to other people and stuff like that, she kind of saw Beavis and Butthead as friends. Well, Likewise, she... with Beavis and Butthead, they saw Daria as like their friend, and not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they call her diarrhea and all that That's stuff, funny. and then eventually, they're like, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, diarrhea's pretty cool, and um. Well, like, 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 in their defense, 
she's the only girl that was willing to go to their house. Pretty much, yeah. But it was famously for the uh, her science project. Yeah. Um, but well, and after after that bit was over, she was the only one who was willing to go into the house, and 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 in a rare moment of, uh, you know, the the show's history, you know, they don't do nothing. You know, they, they still call her diarrhea, but you know, they chatted up like you know friends. You know, they respected her. She respected them. Yeah, and then like, um, what was it in the new in the current seasons right now in Beavis and Butthead, and also the. Uh, they had two films. Uh, in the second film, Daria made an appearance. <laughs> I don't think she talked, but she made an appearance. So, you know, friendship is still there. I guess. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, but not only that, you know, um, going back to what we were saying, during their second, during the, after the first cancellation, a lot of things changed, you know. Uh, the demographic changed a lot. Um, instead of being mostly male focused, it became female focused. Um, there was a lot more new different shows, a lot of different new uh, experimentation that was going on on what's going to be on air and what wasn't going to be on air. What are what are people are going to like? What they're not going to like? The, the music videos, yeah, and everything like that. So, and they tear it down. <laughs> yeah, and um, and at that time. The majority, the, the the majority demographic that was watching MTV at the time um, was females, mostly female teenagers, twelve to or, fourteen, twelve to fourteen, and um, and also, you know, like twenty to thirty. So they would watch, they would watch MTV, and there were specific shows for that. Beavis and Butthead, I remember, was was catered to male demographics. They still had male demographics, not as a strong pull as it was once before. That's why it was canceled. When they came back for a third time... Now it, on Paramount+. Plus. Well, no, no, no. Third time was on Comedy Central. A lot of people tend to forget. They, uh. they did two seasons on Comedy Central. And the reason... And, and they, did, they did pull in a lot of audience... Uh, Comedy Central put them right after South Park. So it was a one-two punch. And that was a smart move. What wasn't a smart move was they were trying to lowball Mike Judd. And uh, supposedly during negotiation contracts, he wanted all rights to the boys and everything like that. He wasn't going to sell it to Paramount. He wasn't going to sell it to Viacom. And they agreed on it, which was a stupid mistake on their end. But also that if he didn't like what they were going to do with his care with with the boys, he had every right to cancel and walk away. That's why we only had two seasons. Mm. He didn't like what they were going to do. You know, to the point where they were uh, don't know if it's true or not. But uh, they were trying to take away the rights from Judd. Hmm. So he saw the writing on the wall. Didn't like it. You know. And he just says. Alright. I'm backing out. Adios. Then we come to our. To the current. Um, edition of Viewers and Butthead. Paramount Plus. On Paramount Plus. A film. Two seasons. Well second second season's going on right now. Uh, rumored to be there's going to be one more season 
We don't know if they're going to do a season four or not. But, um, and the beauty of it is that with this current season, with the current edition of Beavis and Butthead, you see how the boys are reacting to everything current and modern and yet still being who they are and putting their two cents on the table and telling it like it is, whether people want to hear it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, they still have it. They're oh, yeah. S- they're still against c- political correctness. Um, they're going to say what they like. They're going to say what they don't like. Uh, once again, they come back to dealing with music videos. Well, music videos and... Uh, um, Content creators, celebrity content creators. Oh, yes. Like, um... Your boy. Oh, well, not my boy. Uh, Badlands Chugs, he's a professional eater. Shout out to Badlands Chugs. Um, at first they were making fun of him, but then they said, isn't this what we were all dreaming of when, you know, at one point in our lives? You know, trying out all the, all, all the stupid uh, sodas in you know, one thing and then see how, you know, chug it down. And then and then they grew to like him right there in that right. same you know chug 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 chug. Yeah. Why is this taking so long? Oh no wait, he's almost done. He's almost done. Yes, <laughs> Mountain Dew. Yeah, including and and, <laughs> and and one of the comments, uh, someone was like, "How the hell did even Beavis know that?" And this is true, real life. Um, in Japan, they have an exclusive they have flavor. an exclusive flavor called Violet. Yeah. And um, I don't know how much it's... Let me do a, a quick uh, check on uh, both eBay and Amazon. I'll start with eBay first. Because, yeah. you know, things tend to be different. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, but that's the point. Like, you know, even though they're kind of with the times, they're not with the times. And I think that's the beauty of Beavis and Butthead. Oh wow! Well, they have one from twenty twenty, but 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 here's a good idea about yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, the twenty twenty full Japanese Mountain Dew Violet grape flavor. Right now, um, you got five days left of you know wanting to buy this thing for seventy five dollars. It's that rare. Yeah. So, but yeah, so like an honorable mention: Mountain Dew Canada, White Out, and Purple Thunder. You want both of them? $34.95. Free shipping. <laughs> All right. But, yeah. Um, that's like I said, that's the beauty with Beavis Butthead. You know, they can adapt with the times, but they also tear it down. Well, I would say Beavis and Butthead is kind of like the modern-day equivalent to uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. They're, they're men. They're... They're boys at a time, but at the same time, they can get along with the times, but with a catch. And that catch is, they still have that 90s mentality. Yeah, especially because of the second movie, Beavis and Butthead uh, Do the Universe. Um, so that's why they, uh, that's why their, their house, um, well, it's brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a new TV. You know, all the fixings and whatever, internet, they're Modern. modernizing. But the only thing that didn't change was their couch. And their mentality. And their mentality. And and they're still going strong with that, that strong wit, 
black dark uh, black comedy, um, you know, f you to political correctness and the establishment. You're you know all this is new, but it looks like it sucks, right? So, and obviously reviewing music videos, <laughs> amongst other things. Oh yes, with that '90s mentality, uh, and short. If you want to get a good idea how the 90s were, the 90s mentality, and how the way people felt, lived, and loved and hate during the 90s, watch Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, watch the first... um... No, like watch the current seasons and then watch some of the earlier stuff. And you'd be surprised. They haven't really changed, but yet they kind of did. For better or for worse. You know? And um, for 30 years, or technically 31, they're still relevant. Yep. Very relevant. One way or another. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, thank you so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful time and a wonderful week. We'll be back next week for more crazy things in the world of pop culture. Until then, I am Captain Katz. And I am We Are Cats. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful week. Until then, take care. Yo-ho!